listening to Rude the Galaxy Podcast. Boom, boom. We're back for chapter 108 of Rule of the Galaxy, and we've got a special guest tonight, one of the guys who just, I tell you what, he brings his A-game every time. Mr. Scott Riefen is joining us tonight. It's Joe in the pilot seat, but Scott Riefen, how are you, sir? Welcome to the show. I got a beef with you, Joe. What did I do? Okay. Did I read the Twitter right that I, like I was booked for this show, and then all of a sudden you tried to bump me for Stephen Kent? Did I read that right? No, I asked him to come on with you. Oh, with, was that with me? Because yeah. here's what I saw. Here's what I saw. Like, Kent's got a book coming out. And uh, so I'm like, hey, uh, Rule the Galaxy guys, have you had uh, Kent on? And uh, you guys were like, no. Hey, would you like to come on on the 9th? <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that, that was my that was my slot. What, it, what? Well, I, you know, as always, you could, I could just sit back and let you take the entire show. I mean, that's just, that's just what you bring to the table. But <laughs> I thought with you introducing us as Mr. Kent, that I thought, well, what a better time than to have him come on board. But I did notice, and he did reach out and say, hey, would love to, but I'm down in North Carolina, I believe, signing his new book. And um, mm-hmm. so he said, hey, let's bump it for a few weeks from now. So we are going to do that. So one, Good. Thank you for, for introducing us. I've listened to um, his, his show, Beltway Banthas, before, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I've never interacted with him until you did the intro. So for you fans who are listening, um, Stephen Kent, uh, he's with the podcast Beltway Banthas, and he goes by uh, Stephen underscore Kent 89. He has written a new book, and it's called How the Force Can Fix the World. And Mr. Rifen here was kind enough to get us introduced so we are going to have him on the show here in a few weeks but scott have you checked out the book has he given you like a little pre-copy anything like that yeah right i don't get free (laughs) anything from anybody uh i i i have the book i got it today it arrived today so that's that's what i can tell you is that it's got a really pretty cover and that's it yeah it does uh and steve and steven's a good kid uh, and you know, it's weird that you say that, but you, you and I are almost of the same age. We are. And it's just kind of like these guys, he's an adult. He does adult <laughs> things. He adults, <laughs> but you, you still like, Oh, he's a kid. Yeah. That you is know? weird. It is. Yeah, very but, weird. It, but that's kind of where we are in life now. It's like, cause we, I still feel, I'm sorry. I still feel young and vital. And it drives me nuts when people think I'm not young and vital, like, oh, you know, my son Garrison and, um, you know, that because I still feel like I, and especially now, you know, there's, there's 150 less pounds of me. Yeah. So I really feel young and springy and vital and, and all of that. And then to, for people to like, yeah, you're the old guy. What about the young guys? I'm like, no, no. Uh, you know, th- there's experience up here. That's the thing, but Agreed. the rest of it, you know, I I'm still ready to go. You know, I I'll admit I, I do need Look, I'm 50. I, I, maybe I need an extra hour of sleep that I didn't used to need. I hmm. probably can't book back that extra beverage that I used to put back. Um, and um, and yeah, I need to exercise a little bit more to keep myself going than I used to. But other hmm. than that, you're right. I feel like a spring chicken. I, it cracks me up when I look at my son, who's 28 now, and I think I kind of still feel 28. So mm-hmm. how he's 28 and married and all that just kind of blows me away as well. So yeah, how'd um, that happen? Yeah, it went by real quick. And I forget, your your son, he's in his early 20s, correct, Garrison? G's, G's 24. 24, okay. He's in his 87th year of college. 
Um, <laughs> one day that, that will all end. We don't know when. It's like every spring we get, we go, okay, gee, how much time do you have left in college? Mm. I think I got another year. Okay. Okay. And then the next spring, how much time do you, I think it's another year. Oh, you can't just keep being a year. So I don't know. You know, there's that whole, not unless you can alter time, speed up to harvest or teleport me off this rock. Yeah. It's not speeding up to harvest. That's the problem here. We're trying you. to get to harvest. Yeah. I I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. My, my son and my daughter who both gone through college already have both said, Hey, you know what? We're in, we want to do four years. We went out, right. We're, we're ready mm -hmm. to go. And uh, so I was happy about that because you're right. That cost, you start looking going, wow, it's kind of pricey to put a kid through college these days. Yeah. Um, well, and, yeah. and it, 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 there's a whole learning thing. And I, I know G's not like everybody, but it was like, uh, you know, we started saving when he was born. We got one of those little 529 C accounts. Right. And he started dumping money into it every month. And, and we would tell him growing up, hey, if you do really well in high school, you'll get a scholarship. If you get a scholarship and you don't have to use any of this money we put back for you, then when you go out into the world, we can give you this pile of money and it's, you know, it's yours. You can have it. And okay. So then he goes through high school. There's no scholarship. So we get into college. It's like, hey, if you get done with college quickly, there'll be some money left over and you can have it and go out into the world with it. And now we're like, the money's running out, kid. Yeah. The money, it's almost gone. <laughs> Would you please, please? Finish college. Well, now that you and I have shared all of our, you know, family stuff and kids stuff and everything like that, I'll jump back. In. We'll jump back into Star Wars. But oh, is that uh, the we, thing? We, we okay. can always talk about our kids because let's face it, we're proud dads, and that's what we yeah. do. Um, but just to I remind, think we both have Star Warsy kids, so we you know. do. We're definitely yeah. blessed on that one. Um, yeah. As a reminder, it's Chapter One Hundred Eight. Like I said, of Rule the Galaxy. Always follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter. You can email us after you hear me and Scott talk about our kids and, and graduations and colleges and everything like that. You might want to email us and say, talk more Star Wars. Email us at rulethegalaxysw at gmail.com. Um, and just follow us on Facebook and uh, YouTube at just Rule the Galaxy. But Scott, I, I was so pumped. I, I got to listen to you and Riley Blanton as he's doing the farewell, farewell tour for um, the Star Wars report. And um, gosh, I have. It, again, another one of those young guys who's now adulting, right? Yes. Um, it's so weird to think about it. I kind of in my head have Riley at like 21 years old, and that's not the case anymore. Yeah, he's getting uh, close to 30 now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, but your guys' show was so great. And one of the things that I believe you brought up, and I wanted to bring this out because we were talking about it. And so on YouTube, you will see it. <laughs> the, the Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly. Um, these books, there we go. See, there we go. <laughs> I am not as meticulous. You've got yours in the nice wrappers. Um, yeah, I went and got some new ones. Yeah. So it, put it in it, there, you know, splinter, splinter of the mind's eye, of course, by, by, uh, Alan Dean Foster. And then the three that I didn't really grow up with that I, I thought I did, but then I started looking and saying, well, you know, I think I had one of them, uh, was the Lando Calrissian trilogy by L. Neil Smith. And I finally found those when I was in college, um, when I was doing, you know, looking through half price bookstores and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So those books, I tell you what, they, they mean a, a ton to me. I know they mean a ton to you. Yes. And it, just hearing you talk about that, I just think, and I remember back to those days where we did have those three-year timeframes between movies and we had that lull where it's like, how do we, besides the Marvel comics, you know, how do we how do we keep ourselves going? Right. And, and those yeah. books, they meant something. I mean, it was, um, it's kind of like how the Thrawn trilogy in 91, 92, 93, 
meant something to us because it, it filled that void. It brought us back to the thing that we love so much. So what, what were your thoughts? I mean, to, obviously you keep these books, but I mean, oh, yeah. were they as important? To you? Obviously they were as important to you as they are to me. I, I loved them. And, and you know, I've, I've always had this weird thing and I don't know where it came from, but I've always been fascinated with story. And by the way, I am sorry. I, I, I know this room is echoing like a madman, but uh, it's just not full of anything right now. There's nothing in it. It's okay. Uh, I, you know, as, as I think, you know, my mother-in-law moved in here for seven months and everything got moved out. And then when she left, uh, my wife's like, you're not putting it back until we do the whole new thing we want to do with it. And it's like, oh, come on, can I just put this stuff back? So usually, like, I have walls. I have three walls full of books, and it usually dampens all the echo. But now I don't have yeah. that right now. But anyway, um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned you didn't know about the Lando books at the time. And I remember I remember where I was when I bought each of them as they came. It was the same place. I, I bought them all in the same place. Uh, but I remember when they each came out because I remember this was the day. And and the kids of today don't get it. And this is where we can lord our age over there people. We go. Um, you know, it, it was nothing to just not know something was coming out mm -hmm. and go in the store and go, what, what is that? Are you kidding me? Yep. I remember going in the store and seeing that first one, uh, the mind harp of Sheru, that first uh, Lando Calrissian book. And uh, the, the black with the purple letters on it and everything. And I remember going, what they're doing Lando Calrissian books now. That's the one. Yep. And, uh, so yeah, I snapped that one up and then, you know, a few months, I think probably they were, I don't know, three, four months apart and, uh, come back in a few months. Like, cause there was one bookstore that I always went to that I loved and loved and loved is the book exchange on Altama Avenue in beautiful Brunswick, Georgia. And, uh, who, by the way, their old comic spinner rack is up in my theater room now when they Good went out you. of business. Yeah. Good for you. I, I need yeah. a spinner rack like that. No, when, yeah. when, when they went out of business, um, the, the daughter of the owner called me up and she said, Hey, do you, uh, we have this old spinner rack. Do you have any interest in it? I was like, <laughs> 20 bucks. It's like, yeah, done. Okay. I'll be right down. So uh, I've got it and I've, uh, and I've got it all stocked. And, and one of the things I do, and I was actually talking to my buddy, uh, Paul Herman about this one day on the, on the tweets. Uh, Cause he went, his wife got him a, a, a spinner rack and he put all his comics like in there bagged and boarded. And I went, no, that's, that violates the spirit of the spinner rack. <laughs> you can't do that. You, when you get the spinner. So I would go to like cons and go shop the 50 cent piles right. and start buying all the old seventies books and put them in there. And so now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm trying to fill it up with old Marvel star Wars books, which when I was in college, that was really easy to do. Cause you went to the quarter bin and it was full of them. Yep. And now you get beat up copies for three, four, five bucks if you're lucky. Um, so anyway, that was an aside. But there was, an, there was an era where you could just walk into a store. I remember walking to Kmart one day and going, Rebel Mission to Orbantel? Oh, yeah. And it's an LP? And it's a full adventure? And how did this happen? And I don't have six ninety eight to buy this with right now. So I got to go find a way to get this money. And, you know, that I was, I don't know. 12. So, you know, working a street corner was not quite in my repertoire at that point. Not, not then maybe later, but uh, yeah. So uh, they don't, they don't know about that stuff, but there was, there was this electric charge that you would get when you would go into a store and you'd see this thing that that doesn't exist. What is this? And yeah. And now you get, now you go to previews, you know, you buy previews and, oh, look, in three months, these things will all be in the store. Well, that's great to know. I'll be on the lookout for that. 
you know, and you get the solicitations and they, and the, you know, the, the publishers and I, I don't fault the publishers. I mean, look, watch, you know, we're talking about Stephen Kent earlier. My God, he's been on a Twitter, uh, one man wrecking crew ad campaign right. for his book. And I don't blame him because he's got something at stake there. But back in the day, it was cool to just go into a store and go, Hey, look at that thing that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. And, and we've kind of lost that. I'll, I'll tell you who really just kind of blew that out of the water was, and I'm, I'm stepping quite off of star Wars for just a second. Uh, Robert Kirkman. Now, you know, you know what happened with walking dead, the comic, right? I don't, I've okay. never been, I've never, I've never been a walking dead guy on anything, comic this, show, anything. Well, this is an amazing thing. Doesn't have to, you don't have to like walking dead for this to, to appreciate what he did, but you know, you get previews every month and it tells mm-hmm. you basically what's happening in three months to every title. And that kind of sucks. Cause it takes that, it takes that joy of reading, reading, reading. And then, oh my goodness, the last panel, what happened? For example, uh, when, when Green Goblin killed Gwen Stacy, the name of that story is the night Gwen Stacy died. You don't know any of that until the last panel. So what happens three months in advance when they solicit this issue, the uh, night Gwen Stacy died, you know what I mean? Right. So it, it it's kind of a bummer because they, it, everything is a perpetual spoiler alert in the comics industry and in the publishing industry. And uh, what Kirkman did was he solicited fake issues of Walking Dead for several months, complete with fake covers and everything. And then the night, the Tuesday night before the final issue of Walking Dead was released, he put out a press release. Oh, by the way, tomorrow's issue is the final. Done. <laughs> really? Nobody saw it coming. There was no build up to it. It was just, oh, by the way, you know that issue that's coming out tomorrow? It's over after that. That's it. And they literally just solicited fake issues for three months. Wow. And I thought that was brilliant because it brought back that old thing of I'm shocked by what I read this month in the book. Right. Now it's I'm shocked by what's going to come up three months in the book. I can't wait to read that thing I know all about. I Yeah, I know for a while I was way into that. I'd go into the comic book store, I'd get that previews magazine, mm-hmm. and I'd start going through. And then I started saying, you know... And this was back, you know, when that was the only way to find those things out. It was, it was I was like, I'm going to, and then you're right. After a while, I said, I'm not sure I kind of want to know all these things. I, I would much rather find out later. And we've got people on our show that are heavy, you know, heavy spoiler. They always want to, mm-hmm. Alfie, that we call him the book of Alfie. He's always in our text messaging. Hey guys, you want to know what's going to happen in this? Hey, you want to know what's going to happen in this? We all just go, no, just stop. No. But, but, but he, you know, he's like, he thrives on it and that's great. Yeah. But for me, I, I'd, I'd much rather know or find out when I read the book or read the comic or watch the movie or what have you. So well, yeah, um, there's yeah. just something about that charge that you get from when, and, and look, I'm not down in previews. I loved previews. I, I, if, if it weren't for previews, I wouldn't have known about her to the empire in advance because mm-hmm. that's where I first saw it. Uh, and ordered it. And, you know, I've told that story on your show before, yep. but uh, it, you know, it, it just, it's a shame because you'd like for these stories to retain the element of surprise. And they just, unfortunately, because it's easier to sell them if everybody knows everything that's coming up and it's exciting. Right. You know, that's why they do it. Well, I'm going to, you know, what you took us in the walking dead Avenue. I'm, yeah. I'm going to take us in a different one as well, because you've been bringing it up recently on Twitter uh, Black Panther two <laughs> Wakanda forever. Give me a little insight on this here, because I've been following your Twitter feed on that, but what's going yeah. on around, uh, Brunswick, Georgia that, uh, we should know about. 
Oh, what's not going on around Brunswick, Georgia that you should know about? You know, we've got a trial going on right I've, now. Yes. Um, and, you know, I, you know, my, my thing on that is I've, I'm kind of of two minds. I don't feel like I should really be covering it a lot because I was kind of involved. <laughs> but... You know, at the same time, it's happening. So you yeah. got to do that. But but uh, in addition to that, and we've got uh, a PGA golf tournament here next month, and we've had Georgia, Florida base out of here, the Georgia people base out of here. Yep. And all of that going on. And by the way, Black Panther 2 was here for a couple of weeks. So I tell you been, what, uh, it's been crazy. You're like in the epicenter of things right there. So, I mean, it, you know, it's weird because things, tend to happen this weird little town that nobody knows somehow shows up all the time on the national stage and i don't know what that is well I, just so the listeners will know because I've, I've talked to you we've talked to mr glosson you know we we were joking around uh, we had him and uh lucas butler from chewy's cantina on the show yeah and one wait, of, wait, one of, wait say say mr glosson again mr glosson mm. mm. okay so no he <laughs> He was on Riley's show this week, you know, that the he Riley's, was. Riley's, yeah. Riley's farewell tour. You called it a farewell tour earlier. And that was perfect because it is, it's, it's like a real farewell tour where there's 87,000 dates on the, on the tour. <laughs> um, and he had Steve on this week and, and, you know, as you mentioned, I was on the week before and Riley through, and when Steve is on and don't, and please burn this tape when I say this, but when Steve is on anywhere, I'd listen to him because I always think he has something interesting and entertaining to say. He does. And, um, but again, please burn that. But um, he's on there, and I was listening to the episode, and Riley would go, you know, last week, Scott Reifen said da-da-da-da-da, and Steve would go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then later, you know, Scott Reifen and I were talking about this, and he blah, 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 hmm. <laughs> I sent him a text, actually. I said, here is exactly the conversation you had, Steve. And I'd say, Scott Reifen said so-so, Steve, hmm. Mm. <laughs> it was like, like Steve, can you acknowledge I exist or anything? Is that, would that be a, too tough to do there? I, you know, Steve is one of those guys and, and I don't know what he would say complimentary towards me and my group or whatever, but he, he, he likes it. He likes to compliment you in that silly little kind of jab <laughs> way. And, um, you know, he, that's just, he's very good at that. And yes, it, it makes me laugh. It's made me laugh for years to where he's, I think the reason he does that, that hmm, is because he holds mm. you in a high regard. And instead of complimenting you, his compliment is, I'm just, I'm just going to let that go right there. That that's, that's Scott's <laughs> area. That's Scott's, you know, realm. No. So, but no, no. I, I love Steve. Steve is, we, I mean, I genuinely, I genuinely find him to be completely brilliant. Well, I, I do. I, but. I love everything about him. He makes me laugh every time I watch him on YouTube or listen to his show, yeah. but now I didn't um, say I love everything about him. <laughs> Please don't equate me with that, but. Well, so the we things were, I love about him, I think, are great. So we were joking around on on Rule of the Galaxy <laughs> with him and Lucas, and one of my guys goes, "So are you guys part of that whole Georgia Star Wars mafia with Rifen, Glosson, and and they were all like, you know, there's more people down here than just us three, right? I mean, there's a lot of people down here, um, but it was just funny because I think my guys, since we're all in Indianapolis except for D Doc, who's out in Philly." We just think, oh, well, the guys who are on this show, they must be like right there with each other, around each other. And uh, so we've got it in their brains that, that you know, you must be neighbors with, with Steve Glosson or Steve something. And like I, that. Steve and I used to live about an hour apart. Okay. And Steve, see, and Steve, the weird thing about Steve is 
I can't believe, I cannot believe I am spending time talking about Steve when he refused to talk about me this week. All right. But anyway, uh, he used to live, he used to vacation here when he was a kid, his grandparents had a house here and, and I did not know him from that at all. And apparently we would shop at the same comic shop and I did not. And he, he keeps saying we had to have run into each other at some point. I'm like, I guess, but, uh, so, so he was very familiar with this area. In fact, when I started doing my Star Wars story and I started kind of making my, my list of wants, he was a want because mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed Geek Out Loud so much. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I know the area. I'll drive over. And so, I mean, we where I didn't think it was going to happen, we literally sat down at a restaurant together and just recorded uh, that episode of my Star Wars story. That was the first time I ever sat down with him. And we just gelled right oh. away. Um, you know, we just, and we spent you know, a good bit of that day, just kind of hanging out after we recorded. Cause it was just, we worked. Um, but he used to live about an hour away, hour and 10 in Hazelhurst. And so every so often I would go do a remote near Hazelhurst. And then I would just say, well, I'm five minutes away. Let me go hit Steve up for something. And we'd go over there and we'd meet up and, you know, grab a meal or something. And, uh, so, you know, at that point we did, in fact, one day I remember we got together. It was like, yeah, we'll meet at the huddle house. So we sat there and we, we were arguing, we started arguing about some star Wars thing. I can't even remember what it was so vociferously that it was finally like, all right, you know what? We just got to go to the house and broadcast this. So <laughs> we're like, cut it off right here. We'll start over at the house. So we ran over to his house and fired up Mixler and, you know, started going at it. But uh, yeah, we used to live about an hour apart. And then he had the nerve to follow, you know, his career path instead of being an hour away and moved to Rome uh, so yeah, so there's a, there's a lot less in-person Steve now. I think it's been, uh, Steve has not been around me in about 120 pounds. I'll say that. And that's on me, wow. not him. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, last time I saw him, I had lost about 30 and, uh, he and his wife, Haley came to spend some time at St. Simon's. I think I'm right on this. He'll set me straight if I'm wrong. And we went to dinner and chatted up that mm-hmm. night, you know, spent time that night. But, uh, yeah, I was just kind of getting started with the losing weight and exercising and getting healthier thing. Uh, and, and it's funny because like at the time I would go, gosh, it's 30 pounds, 30 pounds, a lot. That's gotta be noticeable. And then I'd see pictures of myself and I go, Oh my God. Um, you know, 150 is really noticeable that I'll yeah. say, but even when I'd gotten down like 50 or 60, it was like 50 and 60 pounds, a lot. And I'd see the picture and I go, Oh God. So, uh, but now I kind of don't go, yeah, I go, we, you know, we're, we're in a good place now. Well, I'm, I, I am unfortunate, but fortunate at the same time. And this is old man talk before we go to more star Wars is <laughs> yes. I, I never will have to probably lose the 150 that, that you've had to go through because the, I have so many dietary restrictions oh, wow. that I cannot get up to those levels. So, I mean, it's great. Cause I don't think, oh gosh, I'm going to be x but yeah at the same time it's like what food stays in joe and what foods don't stay in joe Oof. oh that okay well then i'll just live off this for a while well so, i'll say this gaining that 150 was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I ain't gonna lie you know it was it, it was on and it was on whenever i wanted it to be on and uh you know it was it was like oh that oh that looks great i'll have it uh, and obviously that just can't be anymore. No, no, <laughs> it's just a, no. You, that's a thing you've become, Hey, I love the, the, the lifestyle you've chosen and gone to now. And it's oh. great. I've been loving following it all the way along. So well, and I the good news is, that, you know, it's, 
because a lot of people were like, well, did your doctor make you? I was like, no, this is just a choice I made uh, in the world. How did you do it? And the answer is meth. So, you know, with lots of meth <laughs> and um, to me, it works, uh, you know, it's not for everyone. And look, look, I know what you're saying. You're saying like, well, you know, you're going to lose your teeth because the meth will do that to you. But here's the thing. Teeth, teeth weigh things. So the, the fewer teeth you have, the less you'll weigh, right? Now, rule the galaxy fans and listeners. As you know, this is satire. This is we're doing comedy here. This is Scott Ripon is not promoting meth to anyone listening. Yes, no, yeah, no, no, not, and not to undercover cops at all. No, not no, at all. No. So, yes, uh, I, as far as I saw, it was a lot of bike riding and changing yes. of diets and everything like that. But yeah, I, I busted through three thousand miles on my bike this year. So yesterday, yesterday, well, hey, 3000 miles, we, we, uh, we were talking about books earlier, ones that we grew up with ones that meant something to us then. Um, and still do today, but stars I, end. yes, well, you want to go back to, to, to the books stars. End. Okay. I can tell you my ninth birthday, I got, you know, like five bucks or whatever. And it was, I think it was maybe two twenty-five cover price or whatever. I go into the old Brunswick mall, which burned down on September 20th, 1983, um, was not burned down at this point. And, uh, I went into the, it was called the new age book and gift shop. And there it was again, it's that tingle that you get when you say, Oh, there's mm -hmm. a star Wars book. That's about something that's not in Star Wars." That's what I was telling you earlier. I didn't finish the, and I don't get, uh, you can talk some other time, but, uh, the, it's like, I have yeah. Steve Lawson on, so keep going. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, <laughs> when I was a kid, at some point I got really obsessed with story and storytelling and knowing the story and being aware of all of the story and stories that kind of form a big mosaic. And that was just always a thing with me. So if there was something that told the story of star Wars things, then I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be, a, you know, I wanted to have access to it and I wanted to know it. And I wanted to, you know, and I wanted to then have this library where I had access to all star Wars story at once. I think that's what, even though like 80% of the legends books sucked, I think that's what really appealed to me about legends was I can put, I can put this bookcase together and it's the story. Correct. You know, and, uh, but, but that was always a thing to me. So when I saw, Oh my goodness, there's, there's this thing called hand solo stars in what the heck is this? And the, I, I thought the cover painting was so cool and I can afford this with my birthday money. So that's what I'm buying. And uh, that was a game changer because that's the first one I saw. I, I don't think I saw Splinter before I saw that. I think Splinter came out first, but I, I think I saw that before yeah, I saw Splinter. Splinter. Splinter came out first. You are correct. I, will, I can tell I you. Least, yeah. I can tell you where I was when I first saw Splinter, mm -hmm. but I can't tell you if that was in sequence with seeing Stars in. I remember seeing Splinter, and I remember seeing it in a bookstore in a, in a mall in Atlanta, <laughs> and. Uh, what I remember is seeing that painting on the front cover and what I thought it was as a kid was uh, two little kids playing on a sidewalk and Darth Vader comes walking up to him. So, you know, that kind of looks like that on the cover. Yeah. And I thought it was two little kids. What's Vader want with those kids? They're like, you know, doing chalk drawings on the sidewalk and here yeah. comes Vader coming to get them. So, yeah. um, and Alfie, I'm sorry. Alfie was like, Hey, my link's not working to hop on. So I'm sending it to him again. So I apologize. I okay. was Looking down there, but no, I, right. you know what, all these, you're exactly right. The, the cover art on all those books, the lost legacy, the uh, Han Solo's revenge, 
Han Solo with stars in Splendid Mind's Eye. The the cover work on that, man, it just it draws yeah, you beautiful in. art. It is. It's beautiful artwork. And and even you know what? Even the Lando books, great. The Lando books. On the, front of them. the Lando books are great. The art is great. But the funniest thing to me is it is clear that they use the Kenner Millennium Falcon playset as the <laughs> model for. Because look how out of proportion the cockpit is. Oh yes. And look at the dish. It's clearly the Kenner Millennium Falcon playset. Clearly. And I'll just put it up on the screen for yeah. those of you who watch this on YouTube. You'll see this here, but yeah. He's, there's he's right no doubt that. that's the toy. Hey, there's Alfie. There's Alfie. What's it all about, Alfie? Hi, Alfie. Oh my gosh, the amount of times I've heard that. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, Alfie, we were just we were reminiscing because we were being old guys talking about <laughs> the Han Solo trilogy, the Lando Calrissian trilogy, and Splinter in the Mind's Eye. And I'm going to tell were, you. Alfie's a little bit younger than us. He's yeah. uh, 46. Eh, but he's in the 44. 44. 44. Mm. Sorry, mea culpa. No, he's outside the right. house now. Um, but yeah. But, but I, I will tell you for, for my money, that Brian Daly trilogy, that's as far as, you know, not Marvel, but mm -hmm. just regular old prose Star Wars. That is, to me, that's my favorite <laughs> stuff. Well, you, um, you brought up that trilogy, or we just were discussing that trilogy. I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know Mark Newbolt, who works for StarWars.com, mm, which, great. by the way, Mark Mark is great. He, um, he, in the new Star Wars Insider coming up, he's got a big article in there. So if you get a chance to check out Star Wars Insider, a friend of the show, Mark Newbold. But when I was interviewing him, he said, hands down, the trilogy that means the most to him, book-wise, all that. Brian, the, the Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly. He said it's his favorite. And the character, I don't want to mispronounce it, Galandro. Um, yeah, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Anyway, he was a character in that. He said, hands down, if there's a non-movie character, it's that character from that trilogy right there that he is uh, he's head over heels for. And, and you know, Mark's, Mark's my age. He just turned 50 as well. So, um, so it definitely had uh, a meaning to us back in those days where it's just sick with us even even now so <laughs> alfie did you read many of those books or check those out back then or later on i read them back then i think i may have gotten them from you actually possibly uh. <laughs> back in the day i i can't really add anything to this conversation i, I don't really remember them much <laughs> Uh, you, you need to be a little bit longer in the tooth here to get this. That's right. But, but you know what, Scott? What I was what I was looking at from that mm -hmm. because there's these books that have meaning to us, but they're they're not considered air quotes canon to mm -hmm. the, the you know current Star Wars. But I love what Disney Star Wars Lucasfilm are doing now with the new Essential Legends books, and they're coming. They've already come out with some that you know some of the Bane and the you know different things like that. The the uh, Thrones. <laughs> But the next batch they're coming out with in April is the Kenobi by John Jackson Miller, yep. Darth Bane, uh, Dynasty of Evil, Wedge's Gamble from the X-Wing novels, and then Darth Plagueis. And we've been discussing on our show that there's no real reason to bring those books back out unless you're going to be mining from those books and you want people to have some connectivity to those books. I, I don't know what your thoughts on it, but you know, obviously here's April coming out with the Kenobi book. Oh, what's coming out probably in May Kenobi on mm. Disney. Right. I mean, everybody's talking about Acolyte and how Plagueis and 
the emperor and all that might have some play in it. Here's the Plagueis novel that mm-hmm. they're promoting right now. So I don't know. Up what, until what yesterday. <laughs> and up until yesterday, there was going to be a Rogue Squadron movie. <laughs> and that's where I was going to go after this. But yes, that all ties in there. I mean, um, what what are your thoughts on some of those books right there that I mentioned? Did did any of those kind of, um, um, I'm blanking it now, expanded universe books stand out to you that, that you know, you think they should be making or it makes sense for them to be making like this? Um, you know, I think I think your point on that is really good. I mean, I think there's kind of a dual purpose there. And one of those is that they want to keep these books in bookstores and they have switched over to this new format and nothing's coming out. In fact, I, I gave up star Wars paperbacks a couple of years ago, gave up star Wars novels for the most part a couple of years ago. And I'm glad I did because, you know, they switched the size to those tall paperbacks and now they're switching to these, they're kind of a trade paperback now. And, uh, you know, th- that's their format. And I, th- I think if you go to the bookstore and I do every week, you'll see that that format is kind of starting to take over the bookshelves and the mass market trade paperback just is, is kind of going the way of the dinosaur at this point. And so I think they're kind of future proofing those books because okay. they have kept them in print consistently, but also, yeah, I think there's, they're not, they're certainly not going, well, let's start at heir to the empire and work our way straight through. Um, they're kind of doing more things. I think you're right. That will be relevant and that will be say in demand with the product that they're, that they're producing. Agreed. I, and, and I reach out to <clears throat> some of the authors of those books just to see if they'd ever want to hop on with us here mm-hmm. in rule of the galaxy. And actually John Jackson Miller, uh, said, Hey, why don't I come out in April? Why don't I come on in April when the Kenobi books being re-released? He said, let's chat it up before the Kenobi series comes on. And I thought, man, that's, that's, a, you know, I, I'm beside myself excited about that. So I, I love John Jackson Miller. Uh, the funny thing is like your, our conversation tonight is just kind of like, let's talk about the highlights from the history of my star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> we had Riley on, we had Steve on, we had Mark on, we had John Jackson Miller on. Um, but uh, <laughs> John Jackson Miller is a guy that I've always, I've followed his work for a long time. He used to be a columnist and he used to be an editor with the uh, uh, comics buyer's guide. And, uh, he was, he was there for years and he was always my favorite columnist. Cause the other columnists were all like sixties guy. They were all, they were all actual boomers, right? You know, the word boomer gets misused all the time to now to mean anybody 24 or over. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there was the baby boom generation and all the other columnists were of that era. So they would all talk about, boy, the flash of two worlds was the best thing ever. And, you know, 1963 green lantern was awesome. And, um, uh, it was interesting to read, but it didn't, I didn't relate to it. Like I did his stuff. Cause he was like, I grew up during the cold war and this is what we had, you know, and we hated the Soviets. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, his perspective was always kind of my perspective. He's a couple of years older than I am. Uh, but we're, you know, we're all kind of of that same, that same stripe. And so I've always followed his stuff and I always appreciated his stuff when he, he did a run on Iron Man that was fantastic. Um, and he's always been also one of those guys who is very politically astute and very politically smart, but also knows what to include and what not to include. So as to not irk and irritate half of the audience. Hmm. And, and so few people now get that. And I don't know why that is, but he gets, and I asked him one time, I said, you know, why, why is it that you do that? And he's, and he said literally flat out, why would I want to alienate half of my audience? Why, why would I want my job is to sell books? Why would I want to alienate half Correct. the audience? Correct. 
Um, but he, yeah, I had him on my star Wars story. He's fantastic. Uh, and, and I love his writing. Uh, I enjoy what he does. I think one of my favorites of the later era comics is his Knights of the old Republic, mm. which I just think is it because it's, it's set obviously pre original trilogy, but in flavor and feel, it captures so much of that original trilogy vibe to me, the kind of freewheeling, uh, you know, the characters having to make it up as they go, that Saturday matinee serial thing. Uh, I, I just, I love Knights of the Old Republic by John Jackson Miller. Well, you know what? And Alfie, I'm going to let you comment on on those books that we, Scott and I just talked about, the new ones that they're getting ready to re-release. But then I'm going to follow up with that Knights, Knights of the Old Republic thing in a minute. But Alfie, thoughts on those four books that they're re-releasing here in the spring before we get really going with more Disney Plus shows here? Or what, what, uh, I think we're on the same page, right? They're, they're data mining those and getting. Oh yeah. We're totally and... on the same page with this. You know, the, the first batch with the heir to the empire coming out. I mean, that, it was just like flashing neon light saying, Hey, <laughs> be like Mando. You're probably going to want to read this. Cause we're, we're, we're really picking from this story right here. And then now the second set. Yeah. It just really seems to say, Hey, here's some future projects that you may want to, you know, revisit or push people to read once they see these series and say, Hey, who, who's this Bane guy? You know, do you yes. like Vader? Oh, Hey, I got a book for you to read. Well, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of, like Scott said, just, you know, filling the bookshelves with the new, with the new version of them and, and the new size. But yeah, I I've been all along thinking there's no real reason outside of that to really pick these books they're picking. So um, Scott, you and I have been kind of free it and just going a little bit everywhere in which I love, but I figured let, let's do a little, a uh, little bit of a bullet point lightning round here and, and just okay. get on some topics because in the last two weeks, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I'll just buzz through and you guys can tell me if there's stuff that we should be hitting on it or not, but Matt Smith confirms he was filming, doing things in the rise of Skywalker. Does that yes. open your eyes? Does that say, hey, that's something we should hit on? Or, hey, that's that's in the history books now. Let's move on. It's it's one of those things that, you know, we we were we, – there are certain rumors that you hear and you go, I think there's something to that. And some of them you go, yeah, no way. And that was one that I kind of always felt like, yeah, there's something to this. I wonder what it is. And uh, I, I don't know if you saw the interview where he basically says they had talks, but that was about it. He was He was kind of explained what his role would be, and then it never really got beyond that point. And what I think – you know, the, the speculation was always he was going to be the bad guy. Was he going to be the emperor as a young emperor, kind of right. a dark empire style young emperor? Or was he going to be um, the emperor's son? What was he going to be? But, uh, you know, if he were going to be the young emperor, I think they did the right thing in just going and getting Ian McDermott. I mean, if you're going to have the emperor, you need to have the emperor. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Unless, unless you're gonna have like five versions of him at different ages, right? Like yeah, a kid, could, yeah, middle age yeah. and older, right? So, but that having been said, I think it's still great that Matt Smith hasn't been in a Star Wars yet because it means he can still be in a Star Wars. Correct. And I would love to have him in a Star Wars because I just I think he is great. Alfie, how about you, and Matt Smith? Any any smoke and fire on that one? I think that at some point in uh, him being involved in the project, somebody said, "Hey." You know, 
it's okay to kind of rip off the dark empire, but if we go with the young emperor, I mean, it's, it's a little too obvious. So we, we got to go. So a different route. Okay. All right. Hey, um, the acolyte, the new Disney Disney plus show that has been talked about and bandied around acolyte. I'm seeing a lead character named aura aura aura, not aura sing. Um, no. they're using a working title of paradox. And that this could tie into some things with Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Any anything catching your guys' attention? Anything like that with the the working title, the lead character, anything like that? Or hey, let's just move forward and get the acolyte out to us soon. Um, I'd like to see a trailer before I anything else on that. I'd like to see something on it. I, you know, it's just at, at this point after what happened yesterday, which I'm sure you're going to get to. It's like maybe we do need to just wait for the trailer on everything before we get excited for it. 100%. Yeah. You know what? Let's just jump right into that one. Um, okay. So we're looking at rogue squadron now being canceled, delayed. Do we know an, an exact, you know, what, what that's going to be. And then to go along with that, people talking about, well, now we're going to move forward with the Knights of the old Republic trilogy and, Oh, does this have anything to do with Ryan Johnson? Any any thoughts on those things right there? I mean, the Rogue Squadron one, you know, I read the the the, the Rogue Squadron books. I was like, okay, those were good, fun adventure books. Um, yep. I would have been okay with that, but it wasn't like going, wow, I cannot wait to see Rogue Squadron. I, I will go see any Star Wars movie, but it wasn't one where I was like, wow, I have to have this. Knights of the Old Republic, Scott, you just mentioned that. That was a comic and, and books that that really lit a fire in, in a bunch of people and video games that did the same, that mm. I think a lot of people would be drawn to that. Where are you guys stand on the, the rogue squadron, the Knights of the old Republic and, and that kind of fiasco that's going on right now. Either I, think one they have, I think they have development issues at Lucasfilm. I mean, uh, clearly. Uh, and, and what's interesting is there's a sect of fandom. Let's talk <laughs> about some of these sects of fandom who literally will not allow you to say anything negative when sometimes something negative needs to be said and one of the things that that happened with this announcement yesterday about uh rogue squadron not being around was people were going well you know you never even saw anything there you didn't get anything at all so why are you upset about this it was nothing there and it's like uh, because they announced it because they did a sizzle reel they did a video where patty jenkins puts on a flight suit and then rollerblades off which right there should have said we have a messaging problem. I don't know what rollerblading in a flight suit on a runway has to do with anything, but okay. But uh, yeah, I, they, they have development problems. I think they probably need to hold off on some of these things till they, I think a lot of the stuff that got announced got announced because they wanted to be impressive and look like Marvel. You know, let's put 38 projects on the screen behind me. And can you believe all this stuff? And one by one, you know, the Rangers of the old Republic is, you know, kind of null and void. Ryan Johnson, we're not hearing anything about that, which is I'm fine with, uh, you know, Rogue Squadron. Oh, no, not this. And, you know, just like everything is falling off because I think they just were premature with a lot of these things. The only thing we've got is Book of Boba Fett. And thank goodness for that. Yeah. Yeah. Alfie, how about you on on those topics? Um, I totally agree with this development issue. I think the really putting, you know, the cart before the horse on a lot of these projects and you can go through quite a few of these Disney Lucasfilm projects and see that 
they really got out in front of themselves and had to come back and get somebody to come in and clean it up. And I think with these, instead of focusing on getting who's really hot director-wise in Hollywood and then giving them a project, develop a project, then go after mm. that person. Because it just seems, whether it's Rogue One, Solo, uh, the Game of Thrones guys, mm-hmm. and now this yes, Rogue yeah. Squadron, it, it's like these projects just fizzle out because they're giving something and said, make it in it just gets lost in translation somewhere. You know, and, and it's funny you say that, Alfie, because Marvel seems to be able to do it. Marvel seems to be able to go get these creative, you know, I, I don't want to say auteur, because maybe that's a little much, but these, these, I mean, but Ryan Coogler pretty much is an auteur. I mean, he, you know, and, and Sam Raimi and these, you know, great directors, they get they, Kenneth Branagh and Joe Johnston. They get these guys and they, they're able to get them to work within their framework of what they do and they're successful. But it's funny because uh, our buddy Pete Morrison was was saying, you know, two of the five Marvel films had real problems with the director, or two of the five Star Wars films that Disney did had real problems with the director, and people were kind of giving him grief. Only two out of the five? What's the big deal there? But it, it wasn't two out of the five. I mean, it was Lord of... And, and, it's, and it's not just two out of five. It's the names attached. I mean, it's Lord mm-hmm. and Miller who are huge. I mean, what did they turn around and do after that? They did Into the Spider-Verse, which won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature. Uh, so Lord Miller get booted from solo. You've got uh, uh, Henry Gilroy coming in and replacing Gareth Edwards on Rogue Squadron, or not Rogue Squadron, Rogue One. Um, you've got Colin Trevorrow being booted after writing Episode Nine. You've got Josh Trank from what we think is a Boba Fett film, and he got the boot. You know, I mean, the list. Benioff and Weiss left Star Wars to go do Netflix. Yep. I mean, which they left Game of Thrones in what yeah. five more seasons of a moneymaker to go to Star Wars, yeah, and then, and then got booted go off of it. Netflix. Uh, so I mean, you know, it, it's not just two. I mean, it's a series of these things. And I can also tell you because I got guys out in Hollywood, uh, a buddy of mine who's a screenwriter out there. He has been telling me for years that that there was almost a lawsuit when JJ tried to walk away from Force Awakens. That was a thing. Wow. Uh, and it was over the release date. He wanted it pushed back again to May. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the one who got it pushed back to December and they had a big fight about that. Then he wanted it pushed back again to the next May. And there was, and he almost walked over that because the time frame was just too tight, which, you know, you want to talk problems with the sequel trilogy, probably part of it is two years between films instead of three. Yeah. You know, not just no master plan, but no time to think about a plan. But that's a whole different thing. Well, you know, you, you bring that up. And, hey, Azalea. Hey, uh, sorry, guys. Sorry. Everybody, uh, Azalea, Alfie's youngest, is joining in. She she likes to check us out on the on the uh, on the Zoom calls here. So, hi, Azalea. How are you? Um, but I think you know, I saw a lot of that going on Twitter today, Scott, and and it was it was like people still want to rehash this stuff of well, let's go ahead and compare that George didn't have a full plan for the original trilogy. No. Disney didn't have a real plan for the sequel trilogy. So why is it bad one way or the other? But you're you're talking about George, who is the creator, who is yes. saying, I'm I'm not making something to make billions of dollars. I'm not making a product. I'm making my vision. And my vision yes. is my vision, and I'm gonna make it the way I want. Disney, while I've loved some of the things they've done, there's been some really great things they've done. I mean, let's face it. I, I love Rebels. I, I love what they're doing with mm-hmm. the current things on Disney Plus. But when 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 they are doing it, it's a product to them. I mean, 
it's it's much more of a product than a vision or a or a you know something from the heart. I guess was what I'm looking at. So yeah, well, but it's still, and- here it is. How many years after the tri- the sequel trilogies, and 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 they're still having this conversation on Twitter right now. So yeah, go ahead, Alfie. And- yeah. George Sorry. Lucas didn't buy Star Wars for $4 billion. <laughs> That's the difference between when you say George Lucas didn't have a plan and Disney didn't have a plan. Disney made an investment into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So you would expect more cohesion with not only with just with that large of an investment, but with all the resources they have at hand. Yeah. And, and I think, I think, you know, one of the things that was interesting was when Solo flopped, everybody stood up and went, well, uh, it's too much Star Wars. There's Star Wars saturation. There's too much of it, but, but there's not too much of it. There really, there's, if it's good, there's never too much of it. Uh, and, and part of the problem really was more that, you know, there was bad buzz and then there was some fallout from last Jedi, no matter what anybody wants to say, there was fallout. And, uh, you know, they were, they were having problems because they weren't nailing it down creatively. They were trying to create products. Like Alfie says, you know, they were trying to recoup an investment Correct. rather than, you know, so they were putting the product out based on a timeline instead of taking their time with the product and making it the best product they could. Uh, I, I would recommend to people that they read Ed Catmull's Creativity Incorporated. Ed Catmull was one of the founders of Pixar and thus he worked at Lucasfilm with George Lucas, you know, when, when Lucas owned it, he worked with Steve jobs and he was at the ground floor when they put together toy story and all these other films and just how the process could and should work versus uh, creating a product. And, and it seems like they're just creating a product sometimes. Agreed. Agreed. And, and again, I'm not bashing because no rogue one, fabulous you know what i i personally really enjoyed force awakens i i, I like i like rebels i like the you know the mandalorian i like what we're doing with with uh, the indian of the clone wars i mean disney is doing some great things mm-hmm. um so i i just think it's let's focus on what that winning formula is what that successful formula is and not the formula of well we're going to give it to the hot director the hot producer the you know, we're going to let them go make a piece that's, oh, avant-garde, that'll blow people's minds. You know, uh, even Star Wars Visions, I have never had any uh, affiliation with anything anime-related in my life. But you know what? I said, I'm going to I'm gonna test this out. I'm just going to check it out. And you know what? It's not something that I'm going to say, well, I'm going to go watch it a bunch of times. But I sat back, and I enjoyed a different point of view from it. And, and I yep. said, okay, that's that's great. Test the waters with something like that. Don't test it with... A, a numerical saga trilogy movie, right? So yeah, and and you know, I think I think Visions is a great thing because it's it opens the door wide to a bunch of different things, a bunch of different mm-hmm. uh, opportunities to do new things with Star Wars. Uh, and, and honestly, showing the Japanese influence in it is, I mean, that's right up uh, right up George Lucas's alley. Anyway, you know, one right. of the when people say, you know, say nice things about last Jedi. And one of the things I'll talk about is the design of the bombers, because having been up in a B 17 before it's remarkably similar. Uh, and I love that, but also I love the design. I'm not a fan of the Kento bite sequence. Um, but I love the design of the guards in the Kanto bite sequence. Cause they are straight up George Lucas looking Japanese influenced guards. I can see that Alpha, you yeah. were going to hit something. Yeah, just real quick to go back to kind of the beginning here where we were comparing Star Wars and Marvel. 
in building on this idea of the, you know, uh, popular directors who's hot right now, it seems like with Marvel, no matter who they get, they get to have their own style and put their own mm -hmm. spin on everything. It looks like their movie, but yet they stay true to who the character is and the movies are always sprinkled in with all these little, you know, Easter eggs, nuggets, callbacks to these storylines from the comics that we grew up with. They don't just abandon them. And if you remember, yeah. you know, Kathleen Kennedy said from the beginning of their takeover of star Wars, there's no source material. We, <laughs> we don't have books and comics to fall back on. Which and I think, yeah. The new ideas only lasted for so long. And now we're going back to, well, hey, how about we just pick out some things from Hair of the Empire well, or Dark Empire? Yeah. I things mean, but, like yeah, that. I think Disney, I think when Disney acquired the property, I think it was always in their mind that that would happen. And I'll tell you, the reason I say that is because when they first announced it, they would say things like, there are 80,000 characters in this, you know, Star Wars galaxy, and we're going to take a look at them all and blah, blah, blah. They, they were buying all of these things sure. already in existence. And their, their goal was going to be, we're going to mine every bit of this thing, but they, but they wanted the slate clean. And I got that too. And the reason they wanted the slate clean is let's be honest. Let's, let's, let's make, let's make the force awakens. It's 30 years after return of the Jedi. And now you're going to tell people, oh, by the way, uh, Chewbacca had a moon fall on him. So he's dead. He's not going to be in this movie. We know you wanted Chewbacca, but it's, it's, it's too late for him. Uh, oh, uh, the Solos had uh, twins and then he had another kid. And one of them became a Jedi and then he got, he turned bad and then they had to kill. And, you know, so, I mean, you know, yeah. there's no way people are going to catch up with all of that stuff. They, they want to come into the movie, uh, you know, clean with what they know from the films. A lot of us as fans, sometimes we get so immersed in this stuff, we don't really see the bigger world around us. And the truth is the number of tickets sold to a movie versus the number of books that sell or come, you know, I've got a spreadsheet. I've got a spreadsheet of the comics. You know, every month I take, and John Jackson Miller actually, date, he supplies that data on his Comicron website. And I do a spreadsheet of the comic sales of Star Wars comics every month, just to kind of see where they're going, what the tracking is and what the totals are and everything. And the, the average Star Wars comic these days sells about 40,000 copies. You know, the average Star Wars movie is going to sell tens of millions of, of, of tickets. So there's a huge disparity mm -hmm. in the number of people in the audience for the novels and the comics and all of that. We think we're big and mighty, but we're really they're not that many of us. So when they start doing the Force Awakens set 30 years later, yeah. they are not doing it for the the 40,000 people buying the comics or even honestly, um, in the final days of Dark Horse, it was more like 10 or 12,000 a month. And, and you know, and they're not going to make that movie for those 10 or 12,000 people. They're making it for a mainstream audience. You know, I, what I found is for people who are doing like podcasts and things like we do and, and, you know, involved with Star Wars in this kind of realm, we believe we're the mainstream part of Star Wars, but actually we're outliers as well. Oh, I mean, yes. We are oh, the yes. outliers of the, we're part of the 40,000. We're part of the book people. We're part of the Star Wars Legion people. We're, we're the people that, you know, go to toy shows, all that kind of stuff. And really, you know what? 80% if not more is just say, Hey, we just love the movies and that's it. I mean, yeah. and that, and that's okay. Yeah. So, I actually yeah. had this discussion the other day in one of my chats because somebody was rather upset that they're wasting time 
Friday with a Boba Fett documentary. <laughs> and he's like, you know, we all know the story. What do we need to be told this story again? Well, yeah, but <sighs> for a large part of the Mandalorian audience, they saw Boba Fett and yeah. Hey, what happened? I'm, right. I may remember him from 30 years ago. Well, Alfie, you brought up a good point there. There's two different things I wanted to hit on with you here. Cause I know you're, you are the, the guy who sees so many things that I miss. One was going back and looking at the book of Boba Fett trailer. You're the one that sent me the picture of the, the guy who looks like <laughs> Obi-Wan standing behind the two Twi'leks or Twi'leks. Um, but then We've got the the um, November twelfth Disney Plus day, where again you're, you're talking about the Boba Fett uh, documentary. But you know, are we going to see something from Andor? Are we going to see something from Obi Wan? You, Scott, throw out there. Have you guys? What, what are you guys thoughts? You know, we can rehash. Scott, you've seen the book of Boba Fett trailer. Um, mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? And then Alfie, between that and the things coming out on November twelfth, just just any kind of thoughts you want to hit on with with those things. What are we looking for? What are we not looking for? Scott, I'll, I'll let you start off there. Oh, Boba, Book of Boba Fett. I'm excited. I mean, to me, I know they called it a trailer, but to me, it was a teaser. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave precious little information, but what they showed was a bunch of intriguing visuals. And that is kind of what set me off. And it, it, to me, it's a great thing to have a teaser like that because it, it, for those of us, as you mentioned, those of us who are the hardcore fans mm -hmm. and we think we know so much, when you're given these tantalizing images that you really can't affix to any set knowledge, that's exciting to me because it sets you wondering and it makes, it gets you intrigued and it gets us talking about it. Um, I think, I think their numbers for book of Boba Fett when they stream, I think you're going to see, I think it's going to be a blowout. Just, I think they're going to set record numbers with book of Boba Fett. I'm hoping Alfie. Me too. You know, uh, Everyone wants to see a Kenobi trailer Friday. That's mm -hmm. what we're really hoping for. I'm excited to see, you know, a few surprises, stuff that we haven't talked about. Maybe we don't have an idea of yet. I'd love to see some Andor stuff. Uh, you know, you know me. I'm a Star Wars guy. I love it all. I want to see as much as possible, and I want it to be as good so much that we have to do an emergency show Friday night. I'm all for that. Nice. I'm all for that because we <clears throat> honestly, and Scott, you, you know, you've listened to our show some and mm -hmm. we, we're not big into, Hey, something's dropping. We're going to be the first. We, that's not who we are. We're not, yeah. Hey, let's go be the first ones and go through scene by scene and all that. We're, we just have conversations. We have fun. We joke, but I'm really hoping that something does come out on Friday to where we can go. Wow. How do we not talk about that? Like, how do we not, how do we not wait until next week? Right. And l let's just, Let's hammer this out because it was so cool. But um, yeah, I'm, I I'm, be, I'm interested. Go ahead. I may be pie in the sky on this, but I feel like we'll see. I feel like we'll see something from from Andor. I feel like we'll see something from Obi Wan, and I feel like we'll see some little thing from Ahsoka. Even that would be great. I mean, nobody's even talking about seeing anything mm. from Ahsoka, so that would nobody's be great. even talking about season three of The Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true. So much there's so much, you know, that we could see, yeah. but I'm Look, pretty think, sure it should be close to done filming. It could be a sizzle reel. You know yeah. what, Scott, you, you and Alfie talked about it where there's a, there's just a failure at the beginning right now for a lot of things that D Disney's doing, right? A distribution, not a, not a distribution, but a, um, what'd you guys call it? Where it's just, we're not getting the story out the right way. We're not getting, we're not getting things mm -hmm. set up the right way. Right. Messaging. 
There you go. And and so, yeah, I, I would think the best way to do that is you're making a big deal about November 12th. Well, do it the right way. You know, show 30 seconds on this. Show a minute on that, right? Now everybody's primed. Everybody's juiced. Everybody's in. And it's not that question of, well, which one of these is going to get canceled, right? <laughs> which, which one is not going to make it through the, the chopping block? So Yeah, well, um, and you know, they don't seem to be having that same problem with TV. I mean, well, I mean, they did have to reshuffle Kenobi. I'll say that. They reshuffled it, but they didn't. They seem to be still kind of in the same ballpark they were. Right. So, I, you know, whatever's working, whatever they're doing in TV is working. Whatever they're doing in features doesn't seem to be working. So we're, we're talking about that. Does the Filoni Favreau combo that's so influential with all the TV side of it, is that that steadying rock in the middle of the, the crazy, you know, uh, beach and, and shore that that's right there that everybody can hold on to those two kind of making this have the rudder on the ship and, and guiding through this, or uh, we talked about it, that's what was missing in the movies, but do you feel like that influence Kathleen's basically said, Hey, you two know what you're doing and it's been successful, you know, make sure it follows that kind of a plan. You know, first off, is this your version of loopy's question? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for, I know it's, it's said over and over again, but the truth is Dave Filoni did something that none of these other guys who are making star Wars did. And that is, you know, we talked about George Lucas and his vision and he learned sitting at his feet. He learned what star Wars really is, what goes into making star Wars stories. Great. And, and to me it is, as, as I did talk about with Riley a couple of weeks ago, it's the timelessness of it all that it really is the starting point. Uh, you know, we talk about lessons for kids and all this other stuff in these stories, but they're timeless lessons. They're not the lessons of today. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to see uh, an intergalactic bathroom bill story. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not what I want to see. What I want to see is, you know, just your basic good and evil, your basic right versus wrong. And, you know, we can work on from there. And, and I think that the mythological underpinnings, uh, George Lucas has some very interesting thoughts on just biology as it, you know, if, if you've ever heard him expound on midi, you know, where his origin of midichlorians came from, it actually really makes a lot of sense. Um, but, and, and Filoni has been there for all of that. Favreau, this is a guy who seems to be, we talked about storytelling earlier. This is a guy who seems to be able to just get into stories and understand them at their base level. Because this is a guy who basically kickstarted the, the MCU, right? With Iron Man. He has made a, a, uh, a sideline of doing Disney animated adaptations mm -hmm. now that have been huge business. He did Jungle Book, he did Lion King, uh, that have been huge. And he's doing Star Wars to the point that most Star Wars fans go, this guy's getting it right. Right. And so you know, I think Favreau just has a knack for being able to immerse himself into other universes and saying, okay, this is how this works. I can take it apart. I can, you know, it's like my brother-in-law, he can, who, who is in Jasonville, Indiana. And uh, he can take any engine apart and put it back together. And it doesn't matter if he's seen it before or after, he knows how to do it. It's just a thing he can do. Favreau, I think, can do that with universes. I like that combo right there. And you know what? I have driven through Jasonville, Indiana. <laughs> That's about all you can do in Jasonville, the, the, Indiana. The, the, you, you start and you go, oh, I'm in Jasonville, and then you're done. You're on the and other side. And then you're in Linton. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I've, yeah, I've got friends who have a cabin down there. A lot of shooting, not bad shooting, like target shooting ah, happens, okay. happens <laughs> out in, in, in Jasonville and Linton area. A lot of guys, a lot of target practice out there. There you but, go. Um, yeah, it's such weird how we have such, such connectivity there. Um, so little things that popped up just, just today and things I was noticing, um, do either one of you guys have an extra $800 to go get the Lego at, at that is, um, coming out 7,000 pieces, 19 characters, I think in, in the 799 Lego at, at, is anybody, anybody jumping and getting that? Is that a Christmas request for either of you? No, <laughs> it makes my back hurt just thinking about it, putting yeah. that thing together. Yeah. You know what? I, I, you know what has I, never I, been a thing with me, and I it's like probably it, it's probably a mortal sin. Legos have never been a real thing with me. Me either, Scott. And I don't, you know, I think it's that I didn't want to sit and spend all the time. I was an impatient kid, uh, and I remember one time, I, you know, I was I had some test. My gifted testing was being done. And what they noticed was like my, my verbal was way up here and my, uh, my hand eye coordination was kind of what they called high average. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of came and they said, you know, the disparity between his verbal and, and the hand eye stuff is so great that if it weren't like, if it were in the normal range, it would be considered a learning disability. <laughs> but because the verbal is just so high and then the other's just high average, then, you know, he's fine. But, um, you know, their suggestion was get them some models, let them build models. And my mom bought me models and boy, I'm just, they were, by the time I was done with them, they were all glops of plastic as I, I never had the patience for it. Now you give me an action figure and a play set, and I'm going to create a story for you. And yep. I'm going to have a blast acting out these adventures and coming up with plot lines and things for the guys to say, but sitting there and putting a bunch of gray spiky pieces of plastic together, I, yep. I I've never had any love for it. I, yeah, I, there's a lot of things I'd rather do than do Legos and, and I love everything Star Wars, but you know what? It just doesn't click with me and, um, it never has. And I was going to say the exact same thing to, for me, the most I want to do is rip open the package and take the action figure out and start going. Right. Yeah. I, I don't want to yeah. have to take the time to do that. That's just how my brain works as well. Uh, so that, that purchase will not happen on my end, but I was just shocked that we're getting some price ranges that much for, Lego products, I guess. Oh, it's sure. Easy. It's just for kids, right? <laughs> well, have, have you ever seen the Death Star? Mm-hmm. I've seen it. How much is that one going for, Alfie? I, I don't know. It's up there. Yeah. yeah I, they had it at uh, Disney. Um, yeah, no. It, that it Falcon. Just, they've got a huge, I mean, they're, they're, they're nice, but see, and that's at the end of the day, when I put it together and then it's always kind of been the thing with me, models, puddles, puzzles, all of that is okay. I've put it together. Now what? Right, right. What do my, you do my, with it? My wife is huge into um, jigsaw puzzles. She will mm. get a two thousand piece, two thousand piece, two thousand piece puzzle. That jet lag's kicking in, <laughs> and she will love it. And I keep telling her, it's not that I don't want to spend the time with you. I, if you want to watch a show, if you want to, you know do something whatever but the puzzle thing I, my brain just melts because yeah. the, the the 
constant looking down and putting the things together, it just doesn't work for me. It's just not who I am. So, um, yeah, I have to give a shout out to her because she just, while we were in Pittsburgh, she bought a 2000 piece puzzle of downtown Pittsburgh. And she says, I cannot wait to put this together. And I was like, okay. I cannot wait to figure out what I'm going to do while you put that together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes, yes. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Um, we were talking about the MCU. We were talking about Kevin Feige and those kind of things with the MCU. There, uh, did I see something that was it the Eternals person, the the director from the Eternals, is who they were pegging to possibly make the Kevin yes. Feige Star Wars. Now, yeah. Interesting. What well, is there? One, I haven't seen the Eternals yet. Alfie and myself and uh, his son are supposed to go see it. Uh, hmm. so we're planning on doing that, but I haven't seen it yet. But Scott, have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. I'm usually an opening weekend Marvel guy, but we've just had so much going on, and I'm I'm actually having to travel. I got to travel to Atlanta Saturday for uh, to cover a football game, so um, I'm probably not going to get to it this weekend either. I know that the the reviews are not good for the first time in Marvel's history. Really. Um, and so it it strikes me the other th- the other reason i will tell you the reason i'm i'm not really lit up about it is because when i know these big marvel films are coming up uh a lot of times i like to do a read through and i did a read through of jack kirby's eternals mm-hmm. and when i was done with it i went my god now i might have to sit through a movie of this so, <laughs> so. Was it really? That that was the, the setup of it. I I've not even read the comics. I'm just oh, it's uh, I, I've been I've enjoyed the MCU, um. So I figured, what the heck? I haven't seen um, Shang uh, Shang Chi. Shang Chi. I haven't see, seen that yet. I did a um, read through of that last year, and I was like, oh, this will be exciting. This will be fun. Um, and but I did the read through of the Eternals, and and there were probably a hundred and. 120 or 130 more issues of Shang-Chi than there were of, including the magazines and everything, than there were of the Eternals. And yet still the Eternals by Jack Kirby was to me a total waste of time. Okay. We'll see, Alfie. Now we've got to prepare ourselves. I, I don't know what to expect because I know nothing about them except that it's part of the Marvel universe. So me either. I like it when they stay close to the source material, but I hope in this one they did not stay close to the source material. Okay. Good to know. That's good to know. Um, the, the last little bit, one, I've got to give two shout outs real quick. Uh, shout out to Kevin McDermott. Uh, that's at K A M C D E R R M O T T 74. Say that twice fast. Um, Kevin McDermott, he listened to our most recent show with Mark Anthony Austin, uh, Boba Fett from A New Hope, our special edition, New Hope, and g- gave us some great comments and gave Mark some great comments on, on Twitter. We want to thank you, Kevin. For doing that and i'm going to give another shout out to our good friend rural farm boy he lives in pennsylvania i was just in pittsburgh for the steelers game and he was like dang it i wish i would have known you were coming i would have liked to have met up rural farm boy i promise you i'll, I'll let everybody know before i go next time uh so we can try to meet up and i apologize but thank you so much for always following us commenting on our stuff and everything like that and i know he I know Scott, he follows you, Steve Gloss, and everything you guys do. Rural Farm Boy is just, he's a Star Wars fan to the nth degree, and he's a great guy. So, he, And um, he is he is the quintessential Star Wars podcast consumer. If you want to know is. about a Star Wars podcast, he is on it. Most definitely. Most definitely. I am i can't believe the stuff he listens to. I listen to like five. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm by the end of the week, I'm going, man, 
I've listened to a lot of podcasts and and yeah. he's got a list just on and on and on. Um, Scott, I can't I listen to one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Scott, before we started Rule of the Galaxy, Alfie had not listened to a podcast ever before. Wow. What in the world? I, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm, and before he got his driver's against... license, he'd never driven a car before. There right. we go. There we go. And, and he's a, he's a pro now, right? Yeah, I mean, he's there. Yeah, so my hey. mind just can't handle podcasts. Mm. I start I'm listening okay to and... podcasts unless it's a Lego podcast. And then I can't, <laughs> you know, or one that Steve Glosson's talking about Legos. That would be, yeah. well, I would listen to, I would listen to Steve talk about Legos. Wait, sorry. Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. I got to do the right thing here. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, we could also listen to Steve Lawson talking about Legos on a podcast. Mm. 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 That's, that's Steve's way to say that he, <laughs> he's not going to comment on Scott's comments, uh, Alfie. Um, so I had two last things. Now I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys roam and, and go have a good evening with your families. Um, one high Republic. I personally started and tried some of the books, they were okay. I found some characters that are okay in them, but it hasn't really drawn me in yet. Alfie, have you tried anything with the, you've tried some of the High Republic books, correct? I listened to the first three. Okay. Okay. Which, by the way, I do enjoy all the work that Mark Thompson does on them. Mark Thompson, when he's doing them, he does like 50 voices per book and it's just mm. amazing work. But, and he'll be on the show in a couple of weeks, but um, it hasn't drawn me in Scott. I know you, earlier you mentioned you've not really jumped into newer Canon kind of star Wars books. Have you tried or looked into anything to do with high Republic? I'm not going to say I haven't, uh, I'm not going to say I haven't jumped into newer Canon star Wars. When they started new Canon star Wars books, I was okay with them. And then one of the authors said that 50% of the audience should be thrown into a wood chipper. And that made me go, you know what? I, I just can't. It's, it's difficult for me to, to, okay, let's say you're walking down the street and you got 20 bucks. You just want to give to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to go to the guy who is screaming for people to destroy you and kill you? Are you going to give him the 20 bucks? No. So I, I just, I found it very difficult to continue giving my money to people who overtly hate me. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I backed off of the books because there were too many of the Star Wars authors who seemed to overtly hate, hate me and wish me ill, like personally, it seemed like. It does seem that way. I think we're talking about they're, they're laying some pretty broad strokes out of the yes. groups of people they disliked. Yes. yes. And, and so I, I just decided at that point, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this. So what I have done, when, when I do buy new books, I buy them like if I see something for $2 on eBay, and I'll go, well, okay. And the reason I do that is because I, a good friend of mine, and I won't mention his name, but a good friend of mine is a, a Nebula award-winning science fiction author. Great guy, wonderful man. He hates used bookstores to a certain extent. And part of, well, because he doesn't get anything uh, from the okay. sale of his book in a used bookstore. So if his book is in print, he doesn't like the used bookstore aspect of it. So I, I started saying, well, you know what? I'll buy them gotcha. used. If I get them real cheap, I'll buy them used and that'll be that. And I won't put any money in anybody's pocket. But uh, that having been said, I haven't read any of the, the High Republic stuff. Mm -hmm. I've gotten a couple of the audiobooks, and on my bike rides, I listen to audiobooks. But right now I've just got a, I got a stack uh, waiting to get through. I have bought all of the comics. In fact, I just got a shipment today from Midtown Comics 
uh, of some of the star, these high Republic adventures issues that I've missed. Cause we don't have a comic shop in town oh. and I love midtown comics. I love midtown comics. Now I know you've got comic shops in town. You know why? Cause I've been to the comic shops in your town, but, um, I'm not so lucky. So, uh, I went to Jacksonville. Did I go to Jack? No, we went to Orlando. We were in, uh, we were at uh, universal a couple weeks ago and, um, I stopped a comic shop there and there were a couple that I didn't get. So when I came home, I kind of went through everything and said, okay, I need this, 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 and this. And I just ordered it from uh, Midtown comics. Cause I love Midtown comics. Uh, but I haven't read any of them yet, but I haven't read any of the star Wars comics in about a year. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying to catch up, but to that end, let me tell you when I, when I placed that order with Midtown, I was out of my mind. I don't know what happened. But I was, I was literally, I ordered like two and three of the same thing. I don't know if it was like oh. late at night or what. I ordered two and three of the same thing. I ordered junk I already had. Um, in fact, today I accidentally redeemed a digital code for something I already had and it just let me. So, uh, but I was going to say this for your audience. I saved this for your audience today. Okay. I'm going to give a code for the latest issue of Star Wars number 18 that just came, uh, actually comes out technically, I think tomorrow. Okay. It either came out last Wednesday or it comes out tomorrow. I don't remember which. But whoever wants this code, and and Joe, you may, you know, Alfie, you guys may beat everybody to it and get it before this episode's released. But I'll just, you know, we'll do that. But the first person to claim it gets it. You ready? Yes. Wait, hang on. Let me put my glasses on for crying out loud, old man. All right. Uh, <laughs> JF1LCK. Zero H P zero nine J two. Gotcha. I'm never going to cash that in because I've already got this, and I somehow bought two of them from and, and bought two of several of them, but I accidentally redeemed the other codes. But um, anyway, so now you get not only do you get exciting conversation, amazing insight. But now you get a free digital Marvel. One person will get a free digital Marvel comic. So you know what? I'm what? I'm not going to take it because I want to let somebody. I'm going to let I'm going to let somebody listen here in a few days, and they're going to mm-hmm. go wait a minute. And I'm going to I I so listeners, I want you to tweet out whichever one of you gets it. I want you to tweet out to us at Rule the Galaxy and Scott Rifen. I want you to let us know that you did get that code and you used it and took advantage of it. Let's see. I want to see who the winner is. My money's on rural. I'm my money is on him. Could, <laughs> could be Willie Harms. Willie Harms is great. Could be Dave uh, M. Jones. Could be Dave true. Jones. He's the Dave M. Jones. Yep. Yes. Could be Tom line. Tom line's a, a big listener, but um, thank you for doing that. I'm really interested to kind of see how that goes. Cause we're getting close to the end of the show. And I'm like, let's see if people actually listen all the way to the end. And well, what they and if they use this. So what's what's intriguing about this issue is it is going to be the meeting. It's you know between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It's going to be yep. the meeting, and I can say this because it was in previews three months ago. Yep. Uh, it is going to be the meeting between Leia and Kira. That's exciting. I, yeah. I read that. I read that before we got on the show here tonight. I was like, wow. I actually had it written down. I was like, do we bring that up? I don't know. If we bring it up, we bring it up. So we just brought it up. You just brought it up. All right. Last. Last thing I have on my agenda, and I'm only bringing it up because I know you two crazies love Disney. You guys love you love to go to Orlando and, and spend your money and, and all that. I don't get to go as often as I'd like, but I did see today that they're laying down little bitty things saying, are we going to be able to meet Baby Yoda at Galaxy's Edge 
fairly soon. Where are you guys putting your money on that? Is Baby Yoda going to be a meet and greet for people at Batu in Galaxy's Edge? One thousand. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, one thousand percent. They have they have a BB-8 meet and greet. They will definitely have a radio controlled. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby Yoda meet and greet of some sort. Now, I don't know if he'll be in the Mandalorian's hands as they'll do a Mandalorian meet and greet or if he'll just be kind of standing there. I, I would think he'd need some kind of a handler though, just to kind of keep yeah. people from maiming him and mauling him. Um, Picking him up and throwing him around. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I think the you know, little kid starts ripping his ears off and everything. Um, but yeah, I would, I would be willing to bet that it'll probably be a Mando, Mando and Grogu meet and greet but i mean again they did a they did a bb8 meet and greet they will do they will do a baby yoda meet and greet there's no doubt in fact let me go ahead and go further and say my firm belief is grogu will be in season three of mandalorian okay because he's a money printing machine and they're not going to just leave that on the shelf i i look i thought that as soon as they took him off the show i was like how do you take away your cash cow and not have him show up maybe in the next season. So he will 100%. Yeah. Alfie, you agreed with him. He's going to be a meet and greet. Do you think he's going to be in oh, yeah. season three of Mandalorian? I don't know that he'll be in. There's part of me that says yes, but then there's another part of me that says, I think the end of season three will be, hey, we're going to go get the little kid again. Please watch season four. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, possible. We, we, we talked about it. I mean, for so many people who aren't big, big Star Wars fans who are nuts like us, Grogu was what brought them mm-hmm. in. Like it was mm-hmm. the, it was the buy the stuff, want to see it, got to know what's going to happen to him this episode. You know that. So yeah, getting rid of that. Are you eliminating a whole group of people that are going to say, well, Grogu's not going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, well, that was my favorite character, right? You know, so, I, I was uh, the straights as I call them. Uh, you have to have a hook for them. You have to have something that gets mm-hmm. the guys from the, and it's funny because you always, there's always this weird debate in fandom, which I've never understood the whole way. Well, you're a real fan. You're not a real fan. And then people accusing people of accusing people of being real fans. And, um, but you always hear the straights, the normies, if somebody wants to say, um, you'll hear tons of them. I love baby. I love Mandalorian. I love baby Yoda. And what they mean is they love buying, uh, Tervis tumblers and t-shirts and earrings with baby Yoda. on. Uh, Um, and you know, that doesn't mean they're investing themselves in every piece of lore and all this other stuff, but that's okay. Uh, You know, they are the biggest part of what makes star Wars work. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So it, I, they're not going to walk away from him and you know, this is not going to happen. If there's one thing that Disney excels at, it is finding a market that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to like the, a few years ago with the, the whole like teen pop star thing that Disney created with mm-hmm. Hannah Montana, you know, they oh, saw yeah. a market and said, here's an age group of kids that we don't sell anything to. How do we sell to those? Mm-hmm. with baby Yoda, they said, okay, we got a, a bunch of guys that really like star Wars. How do we sell merchandise to their wives, their mm-hmm. daughters that don't really 
like Star Wars that much. And I can attest my middle daughter's <laughs> room is full of baby Yoda stuff. You know, Alfie, you raise a huge point. Um, there has been a concerted effort at Lucasfilm over the last several years to try to get more female fandom, to increase female fandom. Right. And again, this is one of those things that when you try to have this discussion on Twitter, you can't have it because so many people get hysterical with you. Yep. Um, and I know because I tried to have it one time about four years ago and it just blew up everywhere. Um, and people started literally women started <laughs> tweeting profanities at me because I was giving them statistical reality. Um, you can tell a lot about the fan base of a property by the makeup of the opening weekend. And so I went through looking at the cinema scores on the opening weekends of, of, you know, all of these, uh, films and, basically the star Wars fan base opening weekend fan base. That's the diehards. That's why cinema score is so important because it's the for opening weekend audience, what they think of the movie. And you know, it, that's like a grail for these people. You know, that's why Eternals I, I'm concerned about because it got a B cinema score and people who aren't in, you know, they're not into the, the business. They go, Oh, well, B's not bad. No, B's horrible for an opening weekend audience because that's the hardcore guys. And you know, a is great. A minus isn't bad. B plus, you start to get a little worried. But when you get to B, B is a disaster. Um, but anyway, I started looking at the cinema score. And basically, you look at, the, you know, as far back as the data goes, Return, uh, Revenge of the Sith, 65-35 split, male to female. Hmm. Uh, uh, you know, episode 2, 65-35 split. Force Awakens, 65-35 split. And then Rogue One was like 60-40 because they'd been pushing and pushing and pushing for female representation and all this and getting the fans. And then it kind of, the split kind of went right back to where it was. Um, the, the split has always been significantly male and they've been trying to change that. And they haven't, the things they've done haven't worked. Uh, what was the, what was the, the, the girly doll? I, I'm saying it cause I'm going to say it. The girly doll force, line, of, the destiny? For, force of destiny, force yeah, destiny. Yep. flopped massively. It was <laughs> another one of those outreaches to girls and it didn't work now. And, and, and the thing is, it's not that Star Wars isn't for females. It's that the things that have happened have not particularly appealed to a significant number of them. That doesn't mean that the 35% aren't wanted. It doesn't mean that 35% aren't desired. It doesn't mean that the 35% shouldn't have things that, that appeal to them in Star Wars. It is just a reality that what has been done has appealed to this specific audience. Um, and I think, I think Grogu is probably out of the Disney stable, the best pitch at luring in a female audience that they have done. Agreed. And, and again, this is not derogatory, defamatory. This is, you know, not anti-woman. This is just statistical reality. It's, it's so great because we all know the huge divide that happened after the last Jedi, no matter which side you're on, there was a divide. We all yeah. know it. It's out there, but that show and seeing that little baby reach up to point his finger at the Mandalorian at the end of that first episode, that was a reuniter right there. Yeah. That is what brought everybody yeah. and said, what happened two years ago? I don't even remember what yeah. happened two years ago. Well, let's focus on this now. Yeah. And, and I look kudos to them because it, it worked. And, and yes, there's still the people who hate each other on both sides, whatever, but <laughs> for the most part, they can all go, Oh, that one show. Forget yeah. it. We're well, all in on that. Yeah. And but the thing is, I mean, with Star Wars, there are these things that break out into the mainstream culture. And when they do that, you know, you've had success. Mm -hmm. And C3PO, R2D2, 
Darth Vader from the original trilogy all break out into the mainstream culture. Boba Fett from Empire Strikes Back breaks out of the main mainstream culture. Ewoks break out into the mainstream culture. You know, say what you will, Jar Jar broke out in the mainstream of culture. Maybe not in the way that they would have wanted him to, but he did. And then you get to the sequel trilogy, and I think you can firmly make an argument that BB-8 broke out into the mainstream. I think BB-8 was a big deal to a lot of people. And then you get to The Last Jedi and you have Porgs. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest, Porgs just didn't happen. They happened for the people who are hardcore, but they didn't happen in mainstream. And then Rise of Skywalker, and look, I will defend that movie, but what really broke out of it? Nothing really big, you know, no big mainstream culture thing. But then... You get to Grogu, and that's the to me, he's the biggest breakout since the droids and Darth Vader. Yeah. 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 No, I, you know, I know you, when we were there, uh, right at the height of the first season, you know, they had a sign every day at the entrance of the park. Go here. That's where the baby Yoda stuff's at. And it was gone within an hour yeah. every day. Yep. <laughs> we were there when they were first they were first getting merchandise finally. Cause one thing they were, you know, they didn't clog the, the, the supply line with it because they wanted to keep it a secret. So, yeah. and they did a great job. I mean, it was, it, it, I think we were all just, our jaws dropped and that's part of the appeal was that none of us saw it coming, but that means there were no products. There was no toy show unveiling. There was no previews magazine with images of it in there. And uh, you know, it just, it, it, it hit us out of nowhere uh, the problem with that was it was not much. So the first thing that we saw when we got there was uh, they were making magnets. <laughs> you know, Quick and simple. Yep. Made to order magnets. And that was kind of all we could get at that point. And, you know, magic bands and magnets. Um, but I have two of them on my toolbox. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And and they've expanded the offering since then considerably. Yes. Yes, they have. Hey, well, I, I tell you what, guys, we have gone. Scott, I know you always have the, the early morning. You got to get going on things. And so I appreciate you taking the time tonight to meet up with us and uh we, we've gone gone a good length of show here and and covered a lot of topics a, a ton from 1979 books to baby grogu <laughs> in uh, galaxy's edge so we've, we've kind of spanned the gamut right there right um oh, yeah but um it, how can people follow you what what you know give them the links you know tell them your, where your show is all that kind of stuff so they can go check it out because I tell you what, that's one of the first things that I listened to when I did start following podcasts was your show with those long interviews and everything mm. like that. But but tell people where they can reach out and, and contact you. Uh, MyStarWarsStory.com has the has the My Star Wars Story podcast. It is it is uh, one of the things I'm proudest of that I've done in, in the field of podcasting and in the field of being a Star Wars fan. Um, I, I, I'm trying to wheel myself into a position where I can do more with it. Um, and I think I'm getting there. We'll see. Um, but, uh, and it's at my Star Wars story on Twitter. I am at Rifen. If you want to call me a misogynist for my analysis of statistics, <laughs> that's fine too. Uh, you can do that there. Uh, I'm Scott Rifen on Facebook. Uh, if you really want to call me a misogynist, check out my daily podcast mm. on the iHeartRadio app and on the Apple iTunes store, which is just under my name, Scott Rifen, R Y F U N. Uh, and yes, many of you will be saying the F U part much louder than the rest of it. So that's, uh, that's kind of where you can find me. Well, I look, Scott, I, I, um, again, I say it every time we talk, but 
you and Steve Glosson and, and a few other people's Rebel Force Radio, Star Wars Report, you were some of the people that made me and my son want to start this podcast. So every time That's we awesome. get a chance to talk, I, I can't thank you enough. And we are going to have to figure out whether it's taking a bunch of guys from Indiana to come down to Georgia and hang out with you guys sometime as a get together or get the, the, the Georgia Star Wars mafia that I mentioned earlier uh, back up to the Midwest sometime for some big event or whatever and uh, make it to where we all hang out because I think we'd have a lot of fun just just having a few drinks and relaxing around each other and, and, and talking Star Wars and other things. So uh, well, but I, I'll tell I you appreciate this. your time. I'll tell you this. It has been the tradition of ours for many years to every other summer take a trip to Indiana. Uh, this past summer was that summer, but because of our living arrangements, we were mm -hmm. unable to do so. But and next summer is the Disney trip. So sorry, you're out of luck there. <laughs> but uh, the summer after that, okay. probably going to have Indianapolis back on the itinerary. Just saying. I will, I will put it in the books. And I'll tell you what, if it's not going to happen this summer with you, I'll tell you what we'll do, um, Alfie. We'll, we'll have Adam Bray come down from Michigan, meet us in Indy. We'll drag Ooh. him down to Georgia. Yes. And we'll bring the Rule of the Galaxy crew with, uh, with Adam Bray down there to hang out with those guys because I think we'd have a lot of fun. So I have three spare happens. bedrooms. I'm just telling you. <laughs> there we go. Three spare happens, bedrooms. First yeah. round's on me. There we all go. Right. I like it already, Alfie. There we go. Scott, thank you again for all you do. Thanks for your time. Yes, Everybody sir. should go listen, check out my Star Wars story. Alfie, thank you for hopping in. I know we caught you at an odd time tonight. Um, and the rest of the crew for everybody, the rule of the galaxy crew is all over the place tonight. So I apologize that some of the craziness wasn't here from them, but you know what? It gave us more time to listen to Mr. Rife and compliment Steve Glosson over and over. Oh, again. stop. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Thank you again for, for Joe, for Alfie, for Scott. Um, this was chapter 108 of rule of the galaxy. Thanks as always follow us at rule of the galaxy SW on Twitter. Email us at rule of the galaxy SW at gmail.com. Just check us out, Rule of the Galaxy, on YouTube, on Facebook. And until next week, uh, when we will have T-Bob from Louisiana and we'll have Ryan McGee from ESPN as our two guests, two sports guys coming on to talk Star Wars. Until next week, may the Force be with you.